I would encourage people, do whatever the fuck you want. Stop doing what people tell you to do and do what you want. Everything's about to get weird. Everything's about to get hard. Nothing is going to be easy. And so it's gonna be weird. If it's gonna be hard, you might as well at least have fun, right? Admittedly, I walked away from a $6 million revenue stream last week. And everyone's like, why did you do it? Do I have strategy? Of course I have strategy. I'm an entrepreneur. Of course I have strategy. But I'll tell you like what drove the strategy was I woke up one morning and I said, I'm not happy. I, I genuinely was just not happy. Most of us got into this fitness thing because we enjoyed it. We had this vision of like what we could do. And it's like, get back to that, man. Welcome to the Fitness Empire Podcast, where we show gym owners how to dominate their competition and build a massively profitable fitness business. Dustin and Matt collectively own 12 gyms and have a combined 30 years of experience in the fitness industry. They're here to help gym owners create an empire of impact and income. Fitness Empire Builders, we are excited for today's episode. We got a special treat. We got a special guest and a guy not a long time, a guy I admire, a guy I really consider to be a friend, but also he's here on the GOAT series of the podcast because me and Matt do consider him a GOAT within the industry and is none other than Jason Phillips, CEO of NCI, excited to talk business, life, fitness, nutrition, the whole gamut, man. So you ready to do this, brother? Dude, I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited. So honored to be here in uh, in such a great series. So that's that's amazing to be helped. Good life. You, we consider you to be one, man. So just for the people who might be newer to the industry or maybe people who are just unaware of who Jason Phillips is, give us the backstory so we can kind of set the table and then we'll get into the juicy stuff. Bro, I always think it's like the people that do know who I am, that's like the small minority. Like there's probably everyone's like, who the hell is this guy? Um <laughs> You know, uh, I guess most people that do know who I am would know I'm like the owner and founder of the Nutritional Coaching Institute. You know, we founded that in 2016. Prior to that, I I believe I've built one of the one of the first multi seven figure online nutrition coaching companies in existence. And, and really, for me, it was just a logical transition, right? Like I I started as an anorexic kid. I was fortunate enough somebody helped me overcome that. I knew um, that nutrition was was my vehicle of just paying it forward in life. Like it's all I wanted to do. I never really had my sights set on building a big business. I just wanted to help people change their lives through this vehicle of, of health and business that saved mine. Um, and so I started doing that. I mean, made a couple of million dollars. That was cool. And then and then somebody challenged me and was like, you know, you're playing small relative to your impact. And and I knew that, you know, my business at the peak, we would touch maybe 600 people a year. And, you know, that's just not enough people. And so I wanted to level up. That's what led me to building NCI. NCI has, you know, since taken off and certified over 7,000 people, you know, they all go out and help, you know, thousands of people. And, and so now the, the ripple effect of the impact is getting pretty big, man. Um, but yeah, um, you know, as, as we sit today, CEO of the Nutritional Coaching Institute, all my time and energy is into that, um, growing that, making it the number one nutritional certification in the world. And uh, we're, we're gaining traction and I know the people that one or two companies ahead of us are they see us coming so it's it's exciting times love it love it man you're the hungry wolf not the the lazy one at the top of the hill so they're they're complacent and here you come for the hill right no <laughs> it's funny man i heard garrett white a long time say the worst place in business is the middle because like when you're at the top you know that people are coming for you when you're at the bottom you have nowhere to go but up 
But like when you're in the middle, you got the people at the top trying to shit on you and you got the people behind you trying to like nip at your heels. And it's like the most vulnerable time. And, and I've, I've been through that, honestly, like openly and honestly, in the last probably two years, I have felt that middle ground probably more than ever. I think that we have ascended to like the higher level now. And, and I feel less of like the people behind me nipping at my heels, but, um, yeah, man, it's, uh, I don't, I don't think you could ever lose the hunger. Um, and, and I think that the minute you lose the hunger, it's probably time to shut it down. And so. I haven't lost the hunger yet. I'm 39, man. I think I'm on the tail end, but uh, I haven't lost it yet. Love it. All right, man. Well, you know that primarily our audience is gym owners, brick and mortar kind of people. And, you know, there's definitely a lot that you teach that can transition into their world. So, you know, whether you're speaking to a coach who's in a brick and mortar or you're talking to a gym owner, I want to kind of dive into business. And there's like a post you put up recently that was perfect to kind of like prime this up that you were talking about the way that you see people kind of evolve that it starts with passion and then they go into action and eventually they go up to that profit and scale mindset so i guess kind of just like elaborating on that for someone that's either just even a coach at a facility or a gym owner because i think what me and matt see is definitely a lot of people we work with is very much uh like they've lost that that hunger when they first opened the gym they were willing to do anything they were working weekends they were doing 300 dials a day to get their pre-sales in before they open and then it, you start making the money to delegate and you start losing touch with the clients and you start uh, coaching less and then you're you kind of just become like insulated and and now you're chasing you know your your new goal is now wrapped around money and not maybe around impact and now their business is in a tough spot and they, we're almost like saying like a call to action like get back to that get back in touch with your old self where's that young hungry guy that opened the gym and you know get back to that world so I, i'll kind of let you run with it but like how would you coach somebody who you feel like is in that complacent state to get their business back on the growth trajectory i think a, a lot of the complacency comes from a frustration of doing things the wrong way um and, and so like my observation of the industry currently is that you know covid did something really unique to our world um especially digitally especially in like the marketplace i touch but now we're starting to see it back in the brick and mortar space um you know it, it made capital hyper available um and and so what you saw was you saw a lot of people coming in um you know trying to implement high level tactics because they had availability to capital but they hadn't really built the foundations in their business to support that, right? And so what we started to see was we started to see hyper growth. Um, and I'm going to use air quotes and I'm going to say hyper hyper growth because what we saw was a lot of like large cash collection um, and, and really like, you know, upfront cash is great in theory, um, but poor accounting principles do not make up for any amount of cash that you'll ever take in. And so what, especially again in the digital space, but I've, I've heard about this in the brick and mortar space, we saw a lot of paid in bulls being talked about to elicit these like, you know, these screenshots of like mid a hundred thousand dollars in a month and you know, whatever else. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like you collected a hundred grand. Um, and then if we went to your CPA and we said, Hey, like, let's look at your books on, on a cool based accounting, you probably made 30 grand. Um, yet because they made the hundred grand and they're like, well, I can spend 50. I only spent half of the money coming in except when you think about that on a cool principle you only made 30 you spent 50 you're now 20k in the red okay not the end of the world right you're still on an upward trajectory in terms of cash collection you're going to make up for that right well at some point you don't 
And what happens is you wake up on the first of the month, you realize you're over leveraged, right? You, you don't have the capital guaranteed to come in. You have the commitments of your capital or what little capital you have left to pay out. And all of a sudden the game is different. It's no longer fun. It's no longer exciting. It's no longer passion driven. It's necessity driven. And that's a problem because when you wake up on the first of the month and all the things that you have to do relative to grow are a necessity to survive, you will feel differently about them than on day one when you wanted to do them to grow. And I, you know, I think everybody that gets into fitness at a very high level has had dreams of having their own facility, right? All of us, any meathead, especially like, like when I was in my meathead days, I'm like, I'm going to have a Metro flex and it's going to be disgusting. And like Ronnie Coleman's going to come squat. And like, I just didn't care. Like I was like, you know, but I never was like, I'm going to get rich from that. It was just going to be my thing. And I could never imagine like waking up in a disgusting training facility with like a $20,000 overhead that I had to somehow produce enough money to pay. I would hate my life. Like I, I genuinely would not want to do it. And that's where, I, again, I, I'm not sure it's complacency as much as it's a focus on these things that they've necessitated in their own lives from just doing things the wrong way. Um, you know, I, I, if you look at the very beginning, everybody to some degree starts as a solopreneur. Like it's you and, and maybe your significant other or like the small team you have. And, and it's like, you don't have a lot of overhead. You're profitable early. Um, and then some guru comes in and tells you you're supposed to outsource everything and, and forgets to tell you, you should, you should observe your margins while you're doing that. And then you're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm making all this top line money and I'm not doing anything for it, except you realize you don't have any money at the end of the day. And, and I just feel like it's just becoming this vicious cycle, man. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I'm very big on, on the whole conversation more so of necessities and desires. And I think that if you can live your business life more with desire than you do out of necessity, uh, you'll tend to be a better entrepreneur and a happier entrepreneur. Um, you know, there's always going to be some level of necessity, but if it's like ultimate necessity that drives what you have to do each and every day, um, you're, you're not really working a freedom-based career, right? You're kind of a slave to, to the prison that you've built, not really a, a business or a job. That's an interesting thing to talk about because necessity sometimes is a superpower, but the difference between the necessity on the front end is you align that with passion and necessity. That is the superpower. And, and truthfully speaking, when I started my business, that's when it was the most fun, right? Like I had the most amount of passion. I also had the most amount of necessity, but it also, but it didn't feel like there was pressure with the necessity like there well, is as you scale and grow. I, I would almost say yes and no. I think that in the beginning, there's requirements of growth. And I think you're excited to meet those requirements. Whereas like when you're at scale and you're over leveraged, you're probably doing the things that do meet those requirements. But now because you've built this nasty hole, there's like a necessity of like production, right? With those requirements. So like in the beginning, it was exciting. You're like, yeah, lead generation's cool. I haven't had a lot of leads. So like Okay, requirement to grow. Clearly, we need leads, right? In the beginning, sales, it was cool because it's a requirement to collect cash, right? But all of a sudden, when you've got $20,000 overhead, sure, like we understand the requirements to facilitate revenue, or we got to have leads, we got to get them to sales opportunities, and we got to close them, right? Or we have to take our current clients and ascend them to something or extend their value. Um, you know, but yeah. now it's like shit, just to stay alive, right? 
not like not looking at growth, but just to stay alive, I have to do these things. So whether I'm sick, whether I have COVID, whether my mom just died or whether the world is ending, if I don't want to like lose everything I have, I must do these things. And dude, I don't know anyone in the world that likes being a slave to the world, like nobody. And, and I tell everybody, the reason we began opening our own facilities, the reason we went and became digital entrepreneurs is, is freedom. Right at the end of the day, freedom is is everything. Freedom of choice, freedom of time, financial freedom, and living a life of necessity does not facilitate any amount of freedom in any of those levels. All right. Well, I think you know what you love. I love that you bring to the table always is that yin and yang mindset that like you need to bring marketing and sales to also having strong deliverables. And I love that you know you guys offer so many educational things because. To be honest, I see people go down that rabbit hole of sales and like, like you said, high ticket pricing. But then when you see what they offered, you're like, uh, this ain't that special, man. You're kind of like, you know, in there with everybody else. And, you know, you're trying, you're, you're doing things out of order. You didn't get your deliverables dialed in and then go out to the market and command it. You're trying to collect the money, almost robo people and give them less than, you know, deliverables. Is that something that you're seeing? Is that just something that I'm seeing? Um, I'm just curious your standpoint on that. Bro, I have so many thoughts on this. Um, very few of which are good. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a story first in that I had somebody come into my former coaching program um, and their company was doing $100,000 a month, which is great digitally, and came into my coaching program and asked me and my coaches, okay, great, how do we get our clients results? And I was like, huh? I was like, pump the brakes. Like, you just sold $100,000 worth of coaching. And you don't know how to promise, how to like make good on your promise. I'm like, that's fucked. And, and I honestly had to fire the client in the moment. I'm like, I just can't ethically support teaching you how to make more money because you should only make money concurrent on the results you deliver. Um, you know, I, I had a coaching program. Uh, I still coach a few clients, but I obviously recently shut it off. Um, and I have somebody in that program that told me they were in a high ticket mastermind setting and somebody was asking them about building the mastermind. And this individual said, well, just charge a lot of money and, you know, don't worry about the deliverables. It's just getting them in the door and they come to like your two or three like live events and you don't need to give them access. And I was like, that's fucked too. Like, I'm not okay with that. Um, and, and I think, again, like, I, I think the world did weird things. You know, we look at 2020 and we look at, uh, you know, money was printed and money was distributed and it was given to people that hadn't quote unquote earned it. And, and then we saw the financing world get really accessible. Um, you know, any digital entrepreneur knows there was, you know, lending companies out there that were giving their consumers 0% interest for 18 months, same as cash up to $30,000 in loans. The credit requirements to get into these loans were very low. And so now it's like, how can I sell my high ticket services to somebody that doesn't have money, but I can make egregious promises. And, and that was literally like what ended up happening. And so instead of people getting into careers where they could learn the skills, um, you know, like becoming a nutrition coach, there's clearly skills, right? Uh, becoming a trainer, there's clearly skills. Um, becoming a business coach, the skill is like you've built a business. I'm sorry. There's no business coaching school. Like I don't give a shit if you have an MBA. At the end of the day, if you're a business coach and you haven't produced money and you have an MBA, like shame on you. Like you're just regurgitating what you heard in school. I'm a very big believer in application. I think, you know, I build NCI on application. And, um, and, and so I think, listen, if you've made money and you can prove to people that you've made money and you've lived in the trenches and you understand the highs and the lows and the good and the bad, 
by all means, I think you should help other people make money because I, I don't think money is evil. I think money is a very good thing. Um, but yeah, man, I, I mean, I just, I don't see value being at the front of very many propositions right now. And and I think that's scary. Um, I, I actually think like we're living in a time um, where it's harder than ever to get into the space, but it's easier than ever to stand out once you're in the space. Um, and, and I think that that's, uh, you know, for some people that's amazing for some people that's terrible. Um, again, this is just the way one person sees the world, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird time, man. Um, it's a disheartening time. I'll tell you that. Um, I, I know all of us and, you know, we've all invested a ton of money into mentorship, some good, some bad. Um, I like to look at it, you know, I'm, I'm never the person that likes to play the victim. I'm never the person that likes to say, oh, I invested this and I didn't get this. Like, I think every amount, every penny I've ever invested is a learning experience, good, bad, ugly, or indifferent. Um, and, and I don't fault the individual. I, I honestly don't think there's a single individual on the face of this earth that, that actually wakes up in the morning and they're like, I'm going to sell a 25 K coaching program and, and I'm going to take this person's money and, and haha, I took their money and like, fuck them. Like, I don't think that's how people think. And so, um, I like to assume the best of people, but I think that people are well-intentioned and sometimes either they just weren't prepared to deliver or, or whatever it might be. Um, that being said, I think there's a lot of those people. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of people trying to get into it. And, and I'll say this, like to anybody that hears this, if you're considering becoming a business coach, I would highly advise not to. I think that that marketplace is contracting. I think people like you guys are going to stand out because you're really good at what you do. I think that the people that are really good at what they do will continue to stand out. But anybody that's trying to get into that space right now, I think it is the worst career move. I think you should specialize in a very specific skill. And I think you should become really freaking good at that skill. Mm, love it. Yeah. And I think the main flex we see, like you were saying, is like how much cash collected, how much paid in full, what's the EFT? The new flex needs to be what's the success rate of your clients? You know, how many of them yeah. achieve the goal, right? Like, the 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 whole premise of why we got in the fitness industry we don't see people flexing that we just see the bank account flex so we need to show that impact flex a whole lot more and that's um you know <laughs> what we see a whole lot so yeah, on that I, with i think business coaches should have to show the profitability of their clients like you know, if you want to you really want to look at this like show me your profitability i don't give a shit about your top line like i i mean we could all talk about how to make top line revenue this is really not that hard um, but if you want to have infrastructure that supports profitability over time, like that's a whole different game. And then if they do social, social proof, it's pretty much the, I call them the fanboys or <laughs> only the pe people that actually respond. So who responds to, if you do a survey, who responds to the survey, the people that are yeah. hyper engaged and probably doing decently well, but it's just like gyms showing the hyper responders to a diet. They're like, Hey, these people lost all this weight, but we're not showing the ones that didn't follow it, didn't do well, not even in the, the 50 percentile, right? We're showing the the five percentile and showing people like, hey, this is what's possible. Yes, it is possible, but it's actually like five or 10 percent, right? It's the hyper responders. And that ends up being, you know, the social proof that we tend to share. Yeah, you know, it's I, I agree a million percent. And I think also I have a hard time with that because I think it's now becoming vogue. Um, I think you're going to see a really nasty movement over the next 12 months is all of these people that invested in business coaching that over leveraged themselves, that, that borrowed money, that are now paying absurd interest rates because they didn't pay it off in 18 months. And I think you're going to see the anger and the frustration come rolling back around. And, and now I think also that some business coaches are going to get attacked unfairly. Um, and, and I think you're going to see people blame programs and say, well, the program didn't work. But sometimes that person should look in the mirror because in reality, they didn't work. 
Um, you know, again, like I'm of the believer, I'm of the belief, you know, in the dietary world, I always say diets work and diets don't work. It really comes down to the individual. I mean, I'm the same belief in the business world, you know, programs work and programs don't work. How much do you try to make them work? No, I believe it's incumbent upon the coach to try to get the individual to do the work. Um, I believe the coach should try to customize everything to the individual, to, you know, their unique mindset, their specific, you know, life circumstance, whatever. Um, but you know, we can't do the work for you. Uh, we can't show up and, and live your life for you. We can't have that passion for you. Uh, and, and so sometimes, you know, people made poor investments in themselves, not in the program. Um, so I think, I think that's going to happen too, you know, um, that being said, I'm in complete agreement, man. Those call, those should be discussed. Um, and I think coaches should be like, Hey, listen, there is 20% of people that come in and they fail, like guaranteed they will fall flat on their face. Not because the program doesn't work, but because they don't work. And if you're one of those people, you probably should invest, right? It, it, I don't know, but you guys do. It breaks my heart when I see that happen. I can't stand when somebody ghosts me once they've invested. It's probably like my biggest pet peeve is it's like, dude, I just want to help. Like you got there, like you crossed the finish line and you got to like the new start line and now you're stuck, right? And it's, and I think unfortunately the consumer mindset is, well, I spent my money now I'm entitled to the result. When in reality, it's like, no, I invested my money. I'm entitled to the information, which now has given me the ability to go and do the work. And I just think that mindset needs to be rewired. Love that. We, we definitely see that ourselves. Um, so with marketing, kind of like something we just brought up, like what's working for you right now? It could be even what you're using for NCI to grow it. What are you coaching yeah. coaches to use to get more customers? But like what is working? And what is maybe some old stuff that people should shed and it's not working anymore and get away from this mindset? Yeah. Um, I'll give you a couple of things. So, um, first and foremost, when looking at the business landscape, um, I think that what's working to create a lot of cash is actually what's hindering businesses long-term. Um, and so I would say in the business world, one thing that a lot of people know me for, and one thing that's been ripped off from me repeatedly is like the frameworks that I use to generate rapid amounts of cash, right? I brought like three or four unique frameworks to the space, been using them since 2020. Uh, people doubted them in the beginning and now everybody stole them from me. Um, that being said, what most people don't understand is there's a ripple effect from those because they do require that like you clean out your pipeline. And, and if you clear out the middle of your funnel and you're not building top of funnel, like you actually create a vulnerability for the next 90 to 120 days. And, and so mm -hmm. like when I, when I've assessed probably a thousand businesses in like the last year, um, and what I see right now, getting people to $50,000 a month, half a million dollars a year, um, uh, in top line, right. And, and, you know, minimum 60% margin, so 300 K take home. Um, I, well, what I see working is just a massive emphasis on understanding top of funnel and middle of funnel strategies, uh, which is education around what top of funnel is education around middle of funnel movement. And really just getting people to consistently commit to weekly top of funnel and middle of funnel actions. Because if we have a pipeline that is consistently filling, if we have an ability to move people from lead to sales opportunity, we're never going to go hungry, assuming you can close, right? Um, and, and so honestly, that sounds extremely remedial, but most people want it to be sexier than that. And it's not sexier than that. Uh, again, like rapid cash injections, they have their place in a business, um, but they also have their effect. And so um, I think that really a, a global understanding of um, acquisition strategy for 90 days concurrent with, you know, again, top of funnel and middle of funnel breakdown is, is what I was teaching most. Now, um, what's working for me today? Well, I've shut all of that down. So any business advice that I give out is completely for free. It's without any intent. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I have nothing to sell you. Um, like, you know, 
Alex Ramosi once said, like, I have nothing to sell you. No, like legit, I have nothing to fucking sell you on the business side. I don't want your money for a mastermind. You can't pay me enough. Every now and then I do these one day business events. You can, you know, pay three to 5,000 to come take a seat. Um, I won't sell you anything at the end of it. Right. Um, and that's, what's working for me is because I can put this advice out. I can showcase to the world. Listen, I am an intelligent entrepreneur. I've built an eight figure business. I have the ability to exit for multi eight figures. And so all of this information that I'm giving you, I'm also applying in my business. And so I have very clear top of funnel and middle of funnel strategies. Um, I've gone into my business. We have completely revamped top of funnel. And we, we look at it three different ways, right? We have an organic top of funnel strategy. Um, and when I say organic, that actually includes our paid, right? Because it's, it's our, what I call our boring, um, top of funnel strategy. Uh, we have our partner based top of funnel strategy, right? And then we have our launch based top of funnel strategy. Um, and then, you know, that trickles down to the middle of the funnel. So again, we have our boring money, we have our partner money, we have our launch money. Um, and so, you know, when I look at December, um, I have a base revenue, um, purely, you know, organic, I'll say organic, but boring, meaning like paid ads, you know, to lead gen, to sales opportunity, to close that will net me or, you know, top line, it'll give me about half a million dollars, right? I have four different partner um strategies that i'll use in december that each one will will get me about a hundred grand so that gets me to 900 top lot um and then i have one launch based that will probably do two to 300 and so that's where i get like 1.1 to 1.2 per month without having to you know do any of the high ticket stuff like this is all you know very just normal everyday business operations and so when I understand that that's how, in Ryan Dice's words, I thought this was a really good statement the other day that I heard him say, when I understand that that's how clients happen, right? And I think every business needs to understand how does a client happen. When I understand this is how clients happen and it's broken down into three categories, now I can just go build the infrastructure of my team to support maximizing those processes. And honestly, man, that's it. Like that's, that's every, I think, I think for me, um, I've had to learn to be a CEO and not do those things, but to conceptualize them. Um, and I would say that's been my biggest growth this year and something I sucked at, but the majority of the year, uh, I would, I would argue I'm just now getting reasonably decent at it. Um, but I've got a long way to go to be a better CEO. Just kind of off the cuff, if you were coaching a gym owner to understand those three strategies, so like, you don't got to give away your secret sauce unless yeah, you I don't give a shit, everything, dude. but like with that, so if we talk about organic paid ads if you were advising a gym owner right now what what would that look like for you so i mean i think that when we look at top of funnel um and this is where i think most people fuck up is everybody thinks top of funnel is visibility but top of funnel is is what follows visibility right so to me there's three steps that happen top of funnel that's visibility engagement and action visibility is like somebody has to know about you first to even become a lead right? Um, there needs to be some level of engagement where either they want to, you know, connect to you, like comment, uh, you know, uh, take interest, show up or whatever. Um, and then they have to take action, which is either download your stuff, um, you know, be somehow become present in a media source that you own. Um, lead generation is just increasing your own media. That's it. Uh, if anybody that thinks that your earned media is lead generation, I saw a stat today, Somebody on TikTok had a million followers. They did a meetup and zero people showed up. So a million followers equated to zero people showing up. Well, a million followers is also likely going to equate to zero customers. Um, you know, we all understand that right now, shit with China is weird. TikTok could go away tomorrow. 
we understand that Zucks could wake up tomorrow. He could snap his fingers and he could say, you know, watch this. I'm going to fucking shake up the world. Facebook and Instagram are shut down. So your single biggest hedge is media that you own. Email list, text list, things where when you deliver communication, you are guaranteed it shows up in the person's inbox. There's no algorithm that can fuck up your email showing up. Whether or not they open it, that's a different story, but that's a skill set of internet, of email marketing, right? Um, and, and so I'm a big believer that first, everybody needs to be focusing on growing that owned media. Everyone wants to skip that because it's non-revenue generating, right? We could sit here today, we could get a hundred emails and you, all the three of us with high five would be like, dude, we got a hundred quality leads today. The average business owner is going to be like, well, I made no money. Well, no, no, you got the potential to make money, right? And first you need the potential to make money before you make money. Then we, now we need to build out a marketing calendar, right? And this is where I think that, um, a lot of people just think it's call to action after call to action. But I think that um, I'm of the opinion, um, you know, customers happen uh, two ways. Like one, you can make very direct calls to action. That's great. Like that's immediate lead to sale. Um, but then I also think that you can do it more nurture based, which um, I challenge all of you know my students or anybody that had followed my stuff to, to say like, why should somebody want to talk to you this week? Like, can you give your leads a reasonable uh, reason to want to talk to you. And, and most people think it's, well, I'll make them a deal. And I'm like, that's not a reason to talk to you. That's selling. Right. And I'm like, but what do you have that actually gives them a reason to talk? And so in the nutritional world, um, we'll do dietary assessments. Um, we will, we will get them to take a very specific action, like hit a steps number. And then on the back end of that steps number, we'll ask them about the rest of their program. Um, sometimes we will give them something completely for free, ask them to implement it. And then we'll do an assessment on the back end of that. But it's, it's very connection-based. It's saying like, hey, you're doing this. I'm showing a genuine interest in you. Based on that interest, we should have a conversation. And oh, by the way, when you're a good salesperson, those conversations usually end up in sales opportunities. And so I always drove middle of funnel by a couple key metrics, which was, is your lead volume increasing? So top of funnel, is that growing? How many conversations are you having? That's the key one. And then how many of those are resulting in sales opportunities? Then of course we get into traditional, you know, metrics, which is sales opportunity to show rate, show rate to close rate, close rate, LTB, right? Um, and and so honestly, man, it's I have a very simple brain. Like I, I I've always said from stage, like I'm not successful because of how smart I am. I, I honestly think it's because of how stupid I am. Um, but I, I think I have to think about it in very simplistic ways. And uh, those are the only things I focus on in every business. Hey guys, Dustin here, and I'm excited to announce we are now enrolling for the Fitness Empire Mastermind and gym owners who are over 30,000 a month in revenue are welcome to apply. Now, why 30,000 in revenue? Well, we need you to have the ability to take action on what we're gonna be coaching you. And if you're not there, use it as fuel to get there in the near future so we can welcome you in, all right? So if you wanna apply, just go to fitnessempiremastermind.com and click the apply now button. Sign up because enrollment will not be open for long and we wanna bring you in and give you all the resources you need. You're gonna have weekly coaching calls with me and Matt. You're gonna have team trainings that you can send your team to. We're gonna give you resources for marketing and sales and checklists so that you have every tool you need to be successful. We've even outlined it in a $1 million gym roadmap, okay? So go to fitnessempiremastermind.com, click the link, and we'll see you on the inside. So then if we would go to the partner side of things, if you were a local gym, obviously we know that our radius is five miles, pretty much no more than that. Some, if it's a big, you know, you're New York City, you're probably like two, two blocks 
right? So kind of knowing that, how would the the partner strategy work? Yeah, local small so, Yeah, so a couple ways. So if we're, um, you know, using the digital approach that we use the scholarship framework, um, you could go out and you could. You know, you could go to all of your partners and, and affiliates and be like, hey, uh, you know, you go to a massage place, you go to a Cairo place, cryo, um, you know, the IV places are popping up. You go to all of them. Chances are gym goers would be there and be like, hey, listen, um, and this is where I think people fuck up. Uh, they want to go and they want those places to promote them. Um, and and let's be honest, like every gym owner or every business owner has been approached to promote another business. And most of the time you say no, because it's annoying at that point. Um but think about it the other way. If somebody came to you and said, hey, I want to promote you, you're instantly willing to listen to the conversation. And so when I go to any partner, I always say like, hey, I want to help your business. Can I buy something from your business? So like, let's just use a massage service, right? Can I buy a month's worth of massages? Like, I guess two people go like once a week, twice a week. How does it work? Like, how can I buy a month? And this is like two to $500, right? Um, and I'll buy it and I'll be like, cool. Um, you have an email list, right? Of people that you're probably trying to sell to, right? Yep. Cool. Do we know that if people come in the door, they experience a service with you that they're exponentially more likely to buy? And they say, yes, absolutely. Cool. What I would like to do is I would like to take some of my service combined with your service. And I would like to give it away to your email list and to my email list. Is that cool? Because what I'll do is I'll get you my customers exposed to your service. You'll get your customers, right, exposed to my service. But one person is going to win both services. And we both know that the experience of service will far more likely to upsell them. And, and they're like, great. So you build a landing page, you write the email script, they send it out to their list. The cool thing is, right, you run it to a, a very specific like landing page. I won't give you all the details here, but there's things that on that landing page that uh, will trigger conversion. Um, and so what you do is you get all the people to apply. Well, um, you give one person like the prize because you have to, you know, uh, obviously have ethics in what you're doing. Um, but then everybody else is now there and you can make them an exceptional offer. Um, and, and there's, you know, I have very specific conversion mechanisms on the back end that will allow for that. Uh, but typically what we see is we can take lists like that and we convert up to 40% of the people. Um, and, and so when your offer is crafted in a really good manner, like every partner and affiliate by just spending two to $500 to get your way in, it becomes wildly profitable. Right. And I mean, you spend $500 on Facebook ads, your ROAS is what three, four, if you're really good. Um, right. Um, especially front end cash. Like I'm talking front end cash. I'm not talking LTV. Right. So $500 in 1500, 2K out cash, you run this, you get $500 in, you're going to end up with like 15K cash out. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and there's more LTV on the back end of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's how I like to do it. Um, you know, there's, there's other things you can do concurrent with people. I mean, you could, um, you know, you could go, uh, one of the ways that I built my online business was I went to gyms and, um, I traveled to 37 different gyms in 52 weeks. And so what I would do is I would give a seminar. Um, and I would, you know, it was completely free. All I told the gym owner was, Hey, all I want is like minimum 60 people in the room. Um, I would fly out, I'd pay my own expense, my own airfare, my own hotel, my own food, and I'll show up, I'll deliver value on the back end. All I want is I want to do a 60 day challenge for your people. Um, and I told the gym owner, right. I want you to have skin in the game. Um, so I'm going to give you half of the revenue that I make for this. Uh, now, obviously that's not much of a profit center for me. But typically, if we had 60 people in the room, we could get at least 40 people into the challenge. Uh, the gym owner at that point would incentivize the rest of the gym to do it because obviously they're getting paid on it. Um, we all know gym owners usually need some cash. So they were very incentivized to do it. Um, and so they would, you know, normally, man, a, an average challenge would be 50 to 80 people for us, right? And so if we could convert that at just 40%, think about the new client volume that we would get at the end of 60 days. 
And so because we did it 37 out of 52 times, we had significant client volume. It's how I went zero to a million in one year. Um, and so, you know, you can do that with other partners and affiliates where you incentivize them with front end cash. You keep all the back end cash. We all know the back end is where the real money's made anyway. So you can certainly do things like that. Um, there's endless amounts, honestly, of partner promos, but those are probably my two favorites. Love it. And then launch base, the, the final side of things. Yeah. And so this is all like internal launches. And so for me, this is like, I have specific frameworks on the digital side. Um, so we, we love doing like three night trainings, like, uh, like, I don't know if you remember Pedro Adeo was huge online, right? When COVID started. Um, and so he was doing, um, like Russell, Br or, uh, Russell Brunson's challenges, Tony Robbins challenges. He did Dean's challenges. And so he was like the, like the father of the challenge. And like, it was as with all things, internet, like it worked and then it stopped working. And um, and what I found was he used to promote like five to 15 day challenges. I found that three was best for my audience. But, um, what we know is that when you combine mass amounts of information coming out at one time, um, with a very strategic offer that aligns with that information, you can pour a lot of people into your program at that time. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's what I consider launches. Um, again, because you're making um, and by the way, you can also take some of the partner promos and you can launch them to your own audience too, right? You can do the same thing to your own audience. That tends to clean out a lot of what's in the funnel. Um, what it, effectively what's happening is the the hottest traffic inside of your funnel is raising their hand and they're saying, yes, I am absolutely interested in your offer. They're moving closer to the offer. You're closing them or you're not closing them. But now think about it, like the cold traffic, they still need to warm up, right? So it puts you back into like a longer duration nurture cycle. So we're looking at that from a gym perspective. That'd be like potentially launching a new program at your gym, obviously with a unique, new unique mechanism, like a new challenge, a new, you know, whatever type of front end program that we're launching. Would that be similar to what you're prescribing there? A hundred percent. Or just like taking your current members, like doing a, a giveaway for a free something and then like upselling everybody else. Yeah. Man, right. you should you should have been at our, our webinar yesterday. This is a lot of the stuff that we're teaching gym owners to do. I personally feel like most gym owners, and maybe it comes back to what you're talking about at the beginning, have become really lazy fucking marketers, like super lazy. Like they just like put offers to cold traffic and wonder why people don't buy. Right? It's like like state nope. of the world. Yeah, <laughs> I, wish, I wish it was only gym owners, but I feel like it's business owners. Yes. Yeah, it's it's gotten really bad. People have gotten so lazy and then they're like, hey, this stuff doesn't work anymore. It's like, because everyone's already seen and it's already played out. And then like you deal with people on a national scale, we're dealing with people that have a local market of 25 to 50,000. You spend $1,000 on Facebook and you can put your entire promotion in front of people multiple, 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 multiple times. And then also like with us, like at the end of the day, seasonal desires change. So if your offers don't align with the seasonal desires, your offers are going to massively uh, fall flat. And then a lot of them, stuff that worked two or three years ago, they're still trying to to do those things and have the same offers and then wonder why it's not working anymore. And then usually that's people end up on a, on a coaching call with them like, no shit, it doesn't work. Can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and hoping that it's going to keep working. Yeah. I mean, I also feel like too, people want the solution. They, they want the, they want the solution, not the principle. And I think that's a problem. Um, meaning like you could sit down with somebody, you could craft their ads, the ad will work. You could craft their whole conversion cycle. It will work. And we all know that it has an expiration date on it, some longer than others, but at some point the hook just stops working. Okay. Well, the individual is going to now blame the cycle. It's like, no, like just fucking 
do a little bit of work and craft a better hook. Like, uh, I, I mean, I remember I used to teach like hand raise, like, like simple shit online, like hand raising posts after doing a training. Right. So it's like, if I know that you want more leads in your business, I'll do a, a, a training on how to get more leads in your business. And the next day I want people to opt into that. Um, you know, three years ago, you could say like last night I taught 50 people how to get more leads in their business. Who wants to see the replay today, scroll your feed and every motherfucker has a replay. And so it's like, if you say, want to see the replay, zero people are going to respond because they know what comes next is a message in their inbox where now you're going to try to sell them shit. Like the, people get smarter. Like there is marketplace yeah. sophistication. So instead we understand the principle is this, I need you to want the replay. I need to have a conversation with you. And at some point I need to get that conversation to a sales opportunity. Cool. That's the principle. Understand that now get a little creative and be a human, right? When a dude wants to take a chick home from the bar, it like the very first time that he's ever went out, maybe he walks up and he's like, hey, I want to sleep with me. It might work. Like you never know. But at the end of the day, like over a period of time, you probably come up with a few tactics that converted a little bit better than going straight for the kill. Why? Because it's something you really wanted. And so you got a little creative. If you want the clients, you'll get a little creative. That's, that's love it. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to switch gears here and talk nutrition coaching. So one of the biggest pain points for a lot of gym owners is nutrition coaching at scale. When they do have hundreds of members and they don't have a dedicated nutrition coach in house, but they know that that's a missing component. And so, you know, we kind of, we kind of see two things. Number one is that people kind of like mentally think this is where I go to work out. This is not where I go to nutrition advice. And they put people in this box because then the coach and the owner comes with advice on how to help with nutrition, but the compliance isn't there. Cause like, no, what I pay you is for training. And so, you know, is it that it needs to be a separate fee? You know, is that kind of like, you know, uh, something that you've seen help someone who is in a brick and mortar world. And then secondly, how would you do nutrition at scale if an owner doesn't have on staff someone that's just dedicated nutrition? They got a lot of trainers who love, you know, I, I always joke with Matt, I see people in the fitness space, you find some that love the training and, and form and getting stronger. And then you find some that are like nutrition nerds and they love learning more about nutrition hormones. And then there's some unicorns that do see the value in both and they equally try to learn about both. But in my experience, majority of the trainers tend to fall into one camp and they don't fall into the you know, learning about both. So, uh, yeah. How would you coach an owner in that kind of situation? I'm in complete agreement. First of all, there's, there's very few, there's very few unicorns. Um, there's nobody that gets to practice as a unicorn. No, zero. Like at the highest level I've consulted with UFC fighters, WWE wrestlers, PJ tour athletes, NFL, NHL, like you name it, I've worked with them, right? Every single one of them has somebody handling their training and somebody else handling their nutrition. It just is what it is. People specialize differently. And if you want the best, you go to the best. At scale, I'm a believer that there needs to be like both. And I think if you're in the gym, the trainers, right, they are, they're facilitating the service that was sold to them. Um, I think there's so many opportunities here. And I think that you said it twice in, in the question that you asked, which was that most facilities don't have somebody dedicated to doing the nutrition coaching, right? That, that in and of itself is a problem um, and is a massive missed opportunity uh, for, for several reasons. One, I would tend to think that if your facility facilitated a result, um, that that result would keep them there, right? Like most people, I, I think, and again, I'm not, I'm not in the space, um, uh, the people, people that 
they're the reason that people leave gyms is they're not seeing a result or they no longer find value in it. That that would be my guess, right? Now, obviously, there's people that like move away and think, you know, whatever. But for the most reason, like for the most you know part, that's why people churn. Um, and so it's like, great. Well, what's happening on the fitness floor? Like that's what you're paying for the service of like doing the workout. We're not controlling what's happening away from it. And um, but also like we don't want to try to just fit nutrition in, right? And so like, I think that if somebody comes in and they're doing their workout, I don't want you half focused on the workout and half focused on what we're talking about when it comes to the food. Because so when it's time to train, it's time to train. It's like 100% effort in training. And when it's time to talk about food, it's like 100% focus on the food. Now, does that mean that I need you to come and be away from your family and be away from your work and all those things for like a longer period of time? Of course not. Uh, I have built brick and mortar nutrition coaching facilities, right? Um, one of my earliest clients was Brad Jensen, the sober bodybuilder on, on Instagram. Um, and he had a brick and mortar nutrition coaching facility. He had like seven coaches. They each had their own little office. People would either come in or they would do like remote coaching for people in their town. Right. And all of these people had gym memberships. They all had trainers or, or whatever else, but like they knew they needed the nutrition. And I was like, man, like what if you just placed a coach in each gym and like they had a separate office and like, that would be the easiest way client acquisitions partners. Right. Um, and so they started thinking about that, but like in these gyms, if they just had one person get certified, they did all the nutrition coaching, you know, we could look at different pricing models. You could just increase the rate and, and, you know, have it in there where they get access to the nutrition coach, or you could sell it separately. Either way, um, it's going to be profitable. And then what you do is each client that is part of this program, they just have their meeting with their coach, either via zoom or in person in the office every other week. We are, we are very accustomed to doing things on zoom. Like the last three years have changed the way that we operate. And so I don't think that an individual that goes to a gym that has zoom access to that gym's nutrition coach would be a problem. And, and if I'm you know, being completely honest, one of the biggest business opportunities that I see is gym owners adding nutrition coaching to their gyms in the next three years. It on average, like when I was doing business coaching for people, we were seeing quarter million dollars to $350,000 a year purely from nutrition coaching. Right. And, and this is they're typically two to three person, um, you know, businesses. And so they had to go out and do the lead gen on their own. You don't have to do lead gen when you got people under, under your roof, right? It is so easy to have that, not to mention the partnership capabilities it provides. So I think there's a massive opportunity there. I think people are missing the boat. Um, and, and I also think it's one of the best like retention tools, right? I know that as a gym, obviously growing your gym is great, but reducing churn is also good. And I do think it's a great anti-churn mechanism. Oh, this, of it. All right. Well, I was going to actually bring that up and you, you might've gave the answer, but if you have more to elaborate, feel free. And that's, you know, you with all your network and all the eyes that you have in the business kind of world and what people are warning you is coming and what people are telling you is, you know, on the horizon with AI and things like that. So it's like, Hey, Jason, take out your crystal ball. What's coming up in the next two to three years for the fitness industry, for the coaching, you know, kind of industry. And what kind of like warnings and advice would you give to somebody about the future? Not just, you know, a lot of stuff we talked about is things they can do today, but how should they be prepping and thinking about the future to come? I think if I'm an online nutrition or if I'm a, an online coach or a brick and mortar coach right now, I'm thinking everything profit first. Um, so everything I hear from financial advisors or, or wealth managers or anything like that is to maximize liquidity right now. Um, and I think that in, in a world of uncertainty, obviously, you know, having capital is extremely important. And so when we translate that to a business environment, um, you know, now's not the time to have 10 lines of credit and, uh, be like leveraging your business. Now's the time to be wildly profitable. Um, because we also know that when things take a downturn, we know that, you know, extremely wealthy people 
are looking to make cash investments. And so if you are liquid, if you have something of value and something of profit, you probably have exit potential as well. Um, we know that extreme wealth is rarely built through just earnings. We understand it's exit. We understand it's arbitrage. Um, and, and so there's that. Um, so I think rule number one, whatever you do is profit first, like profit has to be, um, has to be the goal. Uh, I think number two is skill is like niche and skill specific. I think generalities are, I think commodities go away in these marketplaces. Um, we understand the majority of things are going to become a race to the bottom, economically speaking. Uh, I think just yesterday we got the first signs that inflation is cooling. Um, the first time that we saw wholesale prices go down yesterday in quite some time. And so if we're starting to see that happen, that means that the, the race to the bottom has officially begun. And so you are going to see people undercut you in your marketplace. And the only way that you can offset that is by being exceptionally good and exceptionally detailed at what you do. Um, and so I think having really good skills is the next safety net. Um, and then I would encourage people in, in something like this right now, it's a massive opportunity. Do whatever the fuck you want. Like stop doing what people tell you to do and do what you want. Um, everything's about to get weird. Everything's about to get hard. Um, nothing is going to be easy. And so it's going to be weird. If it's going to be hard, you might as well at least have fun, right? I think that's like, I mean, admittedly, I walked away from a $6 million revenue stream last week and everyone's like, why did you do it? Do I have strategy? Of course I have strategy, right? Like I, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. Of course I have strategy, but I'll tell you like what drove the strategy was I woke up one morning and I said, I'm not happy. I, I genuinely was just not happy. I could show you text messages with like some of the biggest names in the space. And, and just like, dude, I think I'm going to do this. And they're like, holy shit. I feel the exact same way. And, and like people that are just stuck in what they're doing. And, and I'm not stuck anymore, man. Like I I'm doing what I want to do. And I think people should do what they want to do. And, um, again, like we circle back to an earlier conversation, you know, most of us got into this fitness thing because we enjoyed it. We had this vision of like what we could do. And it's like, get back to that, man. Like it, we all know the fun places in our community. We all know the fun people in our community. And and they didn't become fun to produce profit. They did it because that's what they want to do. And oh, by the way, they end up being wildly successful. Uh, you know, there's rare exceptions, of course. And, you know, like one of the richest people in my community, he owns like, what are they, like the fucking uh, rest areas in Maryland. Like, like that guy prints money every day. I'm, I'm pretty sure he did that for profit. Like, I don't think he woke up one morning and was like, I'm going to open a rest area because that sounds like a genius, like fun thing to do. Like, I'm sure that was for profit. So yes, like there are exceptions to the rule. But when we talk health and fitness, man, um, like profit, skills, skill and niche specific and, you know, having a lot of fun, that would, that would be my advice. Yeah. Love it. And yeah, I think one of those things, those traps that I've seen people in is like just continuing to do things because it's what I've always done. And like your identity is attached to it. And I think it's freeing to hear, you know, from you and, you know, other people we've uh, talked to as well is that, you know, that's our source. That's our, our, is our energy. And that's where you pull from when times get tough. When, if the economy does, you know, kind of go through a crap or like, what's going to make you want to wake up and do it because you get enjoyment out of it. And that's what we're going to be driven by at the beginning of the day. And the end of the day is like, Hey, do I love this? Or is it burning me out? Is it now causing me pain? Am I going through anguish? Like, business is going to have its difficulties, but the, what makes you drive through them is when you know that you, you love what you do and you got that passion, you get that enjoyment from it. So that's Dude, I mean, all of us here, like we all have family, we all have kids. Like the last thing I want is like when I get off my last call at the end of the day to look at my daughter and have her be able to tell that 
I hated my day. Like, what kind of example am I setting? You know, like I want to set the example to work hard and, and achieve everything. And, and I want my daughter to know that absolutely everything is, is achievable. Um, but I don't want her to think that those prices come with misery. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm hyper aware of that, man. Like my, my daughter's five. And so she sees everything now and, uh, you know, I could probably hide it when she was two or three because she didn't pick up on everything, but I can't hide it anymore, man. And, uh, you know what, man, it's, it's the best thing ever. Like, I mean, I think you guys would agree like being a dad is the coolest thing in the world, but, um, you know, for me, dude, it's, uh, it, it's, it's one of those scenarios where I can't wait to, uh, I can't wait to show what's possible the right way. And, and I think it fueled a lot of what we do. Yeah, we're, we're taking a trip next week and I told my kids dad's turning off work and the happy dance my daughter did and said, you know, you're not going to be on calls. You're not going to be on Zooms. Uh, it was a reminder to me is like, damn, like I need to, I need to clear off more empty space on the calendar and, and hang out with them uh, when, you know, when they're basically done with school and all that, because they, they do notice, you know, how much time they get. They, their kids pay attention to that big time. So you're definitely 100%. <laughs> Well, uh, I know we got to wrap up here and I know that one of the things we want to let our audience in on is you're being the awesome, impactful, generous guy that you are. And you're actually, uh, you know, doing a scholarship to our audience. So I wanted to let you kind of like take the floor and explain what that entails. What are they able to do? And, um, you know, what are they able to get access to with this scholarship from NCI? Yeah, man. Um, you know, I look at, again, speaking just to the outlook of the world, I think that having a really good skill is something that, you know, will help in any economic time. And, and I, I understand the power of, of, you know, the skills that obviously NCI can create, but more importantly, man, like it's, it's my way of also continuing the mission. And so people that don't know, like our company is on a billion person mission, you know, our stated goal is we want to change the lives of 1 billion people through the vehicle of health and fitness. And so anybody that has passion in it, like we want to help you do that. And so um, you know, obviously you guys are, are doing things the right way. And, and so what we've done is we've created a scholarship to the Institute. Um, and this is a full ride scholarship. This is to everything that we offer. This is the level one, the level two, the hormone, the mindset, the gut health, the thyroid, male hormone, female hormone, and every resource that we have. Um, this is, you know, lifetime access to absolutely everything. And, and we're just giving it away, man. Um, because we know that, you know, the winner of this, uh, will, will pay it forward. And, and our state of mission is to pay it forward. You know, fortunately for me, like I said, uh, you know, on this podcast, I've walked away from the biz op side and, and I'm really focusing on, on getting to individuals that want to create impact. So, you know, if you're a gym owner and you're thinking about installing in your gym, this is for you. If you're somebody that is online and, and you just want to do it, this is for you. If you're someone that's just interested in your own education, this is, this is for you. Um, and, and, you know, obviously we encourage you to apply. Uh, um, you know, we do only have one winner that, that we'll be giving away, um, you know, because obviously we are, we are a business too. Um, but, you know, really, man, this is a, this is a vehicle to impact. It's a vehicle to freedom. And, uh, and we couldn't be, you know, more excited to do it, dude. This is, um, this is exciting times for us. We have a lot of major announcements that, that we'll be releasing very soon. We've partnered with some massive outlets, um, and you're going to see NCI you know, a lot of places very soon. Um, and so it's, uh, it's a cool time to be getting in and, and good luck to everybody that applies. Love it. Love it. So yeah, guys, it's a $16,000 value. Add up all those certifications. That's the price that you'd pay out of pocket. And what I love about this is like, there's a good chance you can win. This isn't playing, you know, the dollar ticket scratch offs at the, you know, local gas station when the entire world, like 
Although Jason's got a big audience, we're going to contribute to that, you know, big, you know, gr group. Of well, this is exclusive to your audience, man. This isn't going to oh, my nice. audience. All right. For you, so the, the odds of winning are even higher. There you go. Well, that makes it even better. So guys, you know, even more reason to, to enter to win. So want to really encourage everybody's listening to do, to do that. And you know, where you can find it is I'm going to be sending out to my email list. I'm going to post it on my social media and you can also find it in my Facebook group, Fitness Made Simple. But essentially, go in, enter to apply. They're basically accepting applicants for a small period of time, and then the winner will be drawn, and you'll literally win $16,000 in education that can take your deliverables to the next level. So you are the category king or queen of your area. You do get the best results. You do get through any economic you know, uh, flurry of storm that comes your way, and that way you stand out above the competition, and you just be known as the person that gets the best transformations in your area. So like, get it for yourself, for your team, for your clients. And that's why we want you to enter to win that. Uh, Jason, as we wrap up here, man, any parting words that you want to share with gym owners to help them in the, you know, if they're going through that tough spot mentally with their business, or they just need to get out of a, a bad spot, you know, mentally, like any words of wisdom you'd pass on to somebody like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no matter where you're at, everything is temporary. Like whether you're winning or you're losing, it's temporary. And, you know, your, your choice or, you know, those situations remaining in your life is your choice. And so, you know, if you're winning, I encourage you to keep doing the things. Don't get complacent. Keep pressing. If you're not, that's okay. Like it's going to happen at some point. I think there is not a single success story on the face of this planet that doesn't have an origin story. Right. And, and so everybody has a beginning. Everybody has a dark place. And so wherever you're at right now might just be your story. Um, I, I can tell you, I have multiples. I think all three of us on this call probably have multiples. Um, and, and the reality is, man, it's, uh, you're alive, man, you're above ground, you're breathing, you have opportunity. And I think that's the single greatest thing we all can have. And the single greatest thing we can remember is we all have opportunity. Uh, you know, it's, it's really what you do with the opportunity that will determine the outcome. It has nothing to do with luck. It has very little to do with skill. It has absolutely everything to do with how you leverage opportunity. And, and how you press forward. You can acquire the skills, you can acquire the knowledge, but you can't acquire the goodwill and you can't acquire the effort. So just go fucking do it, man. Like at the end of the day, like it, I promise you as somebody that has achieved some amounts of success, I'm like the dumbest person in the world. And if I can do it, you can do it. Um, and so just, uh, just go, man. Like I want to see you win so badly. Uh, I think, I think we all love a really good success story. So I hope that, you know, if this is you and you're hearing it right now, I hope your success story is the next one I hear. All right. Well, Jason, I just want to say thank you, man. Me and Matt do consider you a goat in the industry. You do give and give and give and give. And I've just seen you do it nonstop for decades. And I've seen the impact you made on the industry. And that's why we consider you a goat, man, because you continue to lead from the front, doing what you teach to other people yourself. You give nonstop. And so thank you for everything you do, man, to help the industry to get better every single day. Man, I appreciate you guys. Um, that's high praise coming from people I respect a lot. I mean, you guys have done so much in the industry and um, I look up to you guys as well. Um, you know, seriously, I just, for anybody that hears this, understand that the friendship is super authentic, man. Like it's two people I, I respect so much, um, two people that I've been fortunate enough to go through this industry with. And and honestly, man, I think everybody that's listening right now owes you guys a thank you. You know, you take this time out of your day to to pull people together and to, to put resources out there to pay it forward. And so I think from myself, and everybody else, man. Thank you guys as well. All right, man. Thank you, Jason. Guys, subscribe and we'll see you on the next episode. Hey guys, Dustin Bogle here. And I wanted to invite you to my free group for gym owners. It's called Fitness Sales Made Simple because I want to show you how to convert more of your leads into sales 
how to get more people to say yes to taking that leap of faith to join your program and to get healthy, fit, and more confident, all right? And so I'm gonna share my best sales strategies, but you gotta join the group to see what it's all about. And in fact, the minute you join, I'm gonna give you a free gift, and that is a PDF called Five Ways to Get More Sales in Your Gym. So join the group, I'll tag you on the PDF, and enjoy the free content. See you in the group.